Welcome to Two Brothers and Their Sports. I'm your co-host, Aro. And I'm your other co-host, Arsh. And today on the show, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to start off by talking about the New York Yankees missing the playoffs after going below 500 and having a very forgettable season in the minds of both the Yankees players, fans, and coaches. So we're going to talk about what that means for the Yankees franchise and how they didn't live up to expectations this season. We're also going to be doing our weekly segment, Two Bros, Two Picks, where each of us gives you two fantasy football must-starts or guys you should at least be looking at adding to for later on in the season. Two guys, so four in total, that are potentially inserts into your lineup to help you win your games this week. But Arsh, why don't you get us kick-started with the New York Yankees missing the playoffs? Yeah, so like you said, talking about the Yankees, we'll kind of talk about uh, just baseball and the state of like these big-money teams. I think that, that's where I'd want to start. And, and my take on that is it's crazy how much the Yankees and these big money teams that have huge contracts, right? There's no salary cap in baseball. These teams that have a ton of money in a big market, they're going out and signing these big players and trading for them. And we see that in baseball, it's kind of backfiring now. It's kind of a switch from being able to pay the most bucks for the highest guy to more of a money ball approach. If you, if anyone's ever read that book where it's kind of talking about being able to find those gems and draft those guys. And yeah, maybe later on they're going to be bought away by these big teams when they hit free agency. But until then you've got them. That's more what it's been like. You, you can look at all of the recent uh, world series winners uh, and you can see that like other than uh, even the Astros, they got Bregman they got Altuve. They had Mookie Betts, and they brought these guys. They brought Altuve up. They drafted these guys, and they were able to develop them. And I think that's the problem with the Yankees. The Yankees farm system, other than Jason Dominguez, the Martian, who's now out for sixty-eight months, he's not. He might not be ready for the next season. He probably will, but we'll see. Other than that, they don't have a great. Uh, and Mitch Spence, uh, the pitcher. Uh, in AAA. Other than that, they don't have a ton of great recruits, kind of like and a ton of great farm prospects. And the problem is they're just buying away these big guys, guys like um, Josh Donaldson, who ended up getting released. So in my opinion, that's the root of the Yankees problem. Instead of trying to develop and kind of make these guys studs, the guys that they're drafting and the guys that they can bring up, they're buying these guys right when they've hit the end of their prime, right when these guys have been established, and it kind of seems like the safest bet. It becomes one of the worst ones, and it's it's hard to figure out a star on this team that they were able to grab in free agency or they were able to grab uh, in a trade other than Garrett Cole. Yeah, that's true. I 100% agree with you. Um, and I think the only exception to that, and you can say this is an exception, but exception, but I would say it's really only exception for the first season and a half they had him was John Carlos Stanton. And the reason I say that is because John Carlos mm-hmm. Stanton's prime was longer than most MLB players. He's still playing at a serviceable level. Obviously, it's not what the Yankees paid for, which is why the fan base is very upset. And he's playing below what his standards are. But in general, from the time the Yankees got him to a year and a half, maybe after that, and with injuries, he was the only exception to that rule. And Garrett Cole, obviously, but Garrett Cole is not in the field every single day they play. So those two guys. Remember, the Yankees have constantly had success drafting these lower-profile guys. Or not drafting, but trading for. Gio Urshela. Gleyber Torres came up from their farm system. So did DJ uh, LeMayu. Yeah, DJ LeMayu. Same with that. Um, they had an outfielder. Mike Talkman. Yeah, Mike Talkman. That's his name. I kept trying to remember. I knew it was Mike, who played for the Giants after that. And again, you see all these guys have a really – and Jose Trevino. All these guys are lower-profile guys. IKF. Exactly, IKF. 
and who won a gold glove with the Yankees. All these guys that are lower profile guys end up doing well in the Yankees because they fit the system. The problem is the Yankees, I think, are too focused on the market. They're too focused on getting people to fill the seats, but the team is not good enough. They don't have the bats. Anthony Rizzo got hurt, who was their only lefty going into the season, which was a big problem. They never had a steady infield. They had a, sh- a shortstop starting, which was that was good for the fan base and really good production early on. But after that, the team was in pieces. Injuries have constantly battled this team. Pitching and batting have been unreliable on both sides um, throughout the season, and it changes. It's very unpredictable. So the point I'm trying to make here is the Yankees are – they. I agree with you here. They spend a lot of money on big guys. The guys they tend to trade for that are lower profile end up doing well. And I think the bottom line here is Aaron Boone is not a good manager at all. I think he comes down to the main issue. And the Yankees really have to find a guy that is willing to dedicate time to fit a system that endorses these smaller guys. Because the Yankees have always been a big market team, always been a team that makes that big signing because there's no salary cap. And they're huge markets if people want to go there. And they have the money to pay guys like that. But if they get a coach dedicated to, or manager dedicated to the smaller signings, which I know is really hard to do, but a guy that's managed, focused on operating and managing and optimizing those players and those runs, I think that could be really helpful. So that's I think, I think a lot of it is also on the GM, like a lot of, it's not a ton on the coach. So in my opinion, that also falls on Brian Cashman, who's been the GM for years and years now. I think it's time to start easing him out of the job. They need a new GM. And I've been saying this for years, the Yankees right now in the phase that they're in, it's going to take a while for them to get to a stage where I think they're always right now going to be very, very good, but never good enough to win a World Series. This is what I've been saying since the start. And it's going to take a while for you to get good enough to win a World Series because it's not going to happen from these free agent signings. It's going to happen from draft picks. These draft picks are going to have to take years to develop, and once they finally get to the majors and they can start breaking out and getting in their prime, that's when you'll be able to be good enough to make it all the way and win the trophy. So in my opinion, they are always going to be very, very good, but they're delaying the inevitable, which is they are going to have to maybe go into a rebuilding phase or maybe just be able to draft these guys and build them up, and whether that falls on the scouting, whether that falls on Brian Cashman for making the wrong trades, whether that falls on any of that, I think the point is the team, in my opinion, is very, very good, but they're not good enough to win a World Series. Yeah, I wouldn't fault Brian Cashman necessarily. I think some of the moves he has made have been very beneficial for the Yankees organization. I think that he, I just think that he's he's not very focused in one direction and he's really trying to help the team from all these different perspectives and he brings all of it together and just a mess of players that doesn't and really- in my opinion i just don't understand your point about aaron boone because he doesn't execute the trades he may but be not giving only that his aaron take boone in the trades after boone- they've been whooped up yeah but aaron boone's job has been to optimize this lineup and he has not been doing that at all at all. Well, I disagree. How else would you? How else would you do it? I mean, he's he's trying his best. Not that I think that he's the right manager for them. I don't. I think they could do better. Exactly. But you faulted him for the trades. You said Aaron Boone is making the wrong trades. Okay, I didn't mean he's I the didn't manager. Mean the I meant for optimizing the lineup and and scheming for the teams they're playing against. And you can't really do that because baseball is so quick. But scheming for like creating a scheme for yourself that works. That's under the manager. That's something that I think Aaron Boone could really do better. Yeah, so now let's move on to two brothers, two picks. 
Uh, it is our marquee segment where each of us give you two players where we think you guys should definitely be picking these guys up off the waiver wires. They're most likely available in your in your league, and they're guys that should be starting material, starting caliber right now, and perhaps even a stash for a couple of weeks, if not the entire season on your bench. Yeah, so I think the number one guy here you have to go with is going to be Nelson Aguilar for me. Baltimore Ravens wide receiver. So if you guys remember two weeks ago in week two, where they played in Cincinnati, um, he had five catches, 63 yards. He ran, I think only 14 routes and got targeted on five of them. So over a 33% target share for on routes run. He got targeted one every three, more than one every three routes he ran, which was crazy. Actually he had six targets, but he caught five of them for 63 yards. And he had that touchdown up the seam. Then last week, OBJ was out. Four catches, 39 yards on four targets. So we see that he has constantly been a guy that that gets a lot of production, a guy that's looked on, looked upon um, early, often, and towards the line of scrimmage and deep um, in, in the Ravens and by Lamar Jackson. Now, Odell Beckham Jr. has been ruled out for this game. So otherwise, I don't think this would really be a question. I think he'd be starting OBJ and Zay Flowers. But... I think that in this game, they're playing the Browns. They do have a stingy defense. They're currently ranked, actually, they're currently ranked best playing against, defending against the pass. But I think that they're going to, the Ravens are going to be ha- having to go with the pass heavy scheme. J- uh, Gus Edwards has not been great, dealt, dealt with the concussion last week. Justice Hill, turf toe, we don't know how well he's going to do. Melvin Gordon's the receiving back who kind of looked good, but they're going to have to throw the ball. And Zay Flowers is a short guy. The only guy that's ready, readily available deep is going to be Nelson Aguilar. And I think he gets a bigger position this week with OBJ out. And I think he'll have more production because he tends to get targeted a lot in this offense. Yeah, so my first pick is going to be a guy that I keep picking week in and week out. I think this is the second or third time that I've picked him, and he is showing out. He's being picked up a lot in more leagues, which is a really good thing. And I, if I were you, I'd pick him up. It's Josh Downs, the wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. The guy has been going off. He Last week, he had 12 targets, 8 receptions. And he, for 57 yards, he didn't score a touchdown, and he had 13.7 points. He's only rushed in 29% of leagues. Once again, he's out of North Carolina, uh, which I don't like, but I like him as a player. I think he's got a really good situation here uh, with the Colts, and he's been bringing his production up and up and up, kind of working on that offense, getting used to uh, the offensive scheme, and he's becoming a very big part. I think going up against... Uh, I think this week when he goes up against the Rams, who don't have a great secondary, remember they traded away Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins earlier this year. I just don't think that they're going to be able to stop him or that offense. So if I were you, I'd pick up uh, Josh Downs. Once again, rostered in less than 30% of leagues. This is a guy that could really get some stuff going. He's got a huge target share, and he could also catch at least a touchdown, maybe even a pair of touchdowns. So if I were you, I'd pick up Josh Downs. I think that's a great pick. Yeah, so my second pick here, I'm going to give you guys someone contingent on if their starter plays, and that's Matt Breda. I I have Saquon and Matt Breda, so it doesn't really matter to me. Obviously, I prefer if Saquon plays. But the point I'm trying to make here is if Saquon is out on Monday Night Football, and again, that's a big problem. Monday Night Football, they're playing against the Seahawks. So you don't really have time to wait. You'd be making your decision Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, if you have running backs that play at 4 or 5 or later. But Matt Breda, I think, could get a lot of production here. They're playing the 
a below average run defense or defense against the run, I should say. Matt Breda last week had 10 points, only got four carries because immediately the game was away from them against the 49ers, but he had 17 yards, average 4.3 yards carry and had a touchdown also at three catches. So he, if you're in a PPR league, that could really be helpful. The receiving side of things, even though he only had one yard receiving. Um, so that could be really helpful. I also think this game will be more of a level matchup as opposed to the 49ers, which are obviously one of the best teams in the NFC. Um, and the Seahawks, I think, are still going to win. I think it's still going to be a not that close game, maybe two touchdowns, maybe two scores, 10 points. But I do think Matt Breda could have a big game in the sense that early on, I think he could play well. And I think he could later on be used in receiving yardage. And remember, that's only if Saquon Barkley's out. So if Saquon Barkley's in, you should 100% be starting him against a very bad defense. But if Matt Breda is getting the start and getting the call, I think he should be the guy that is has, is potentially an RB2 and a high-end one if he performs well. Yeah, and then my final pick is going to be Logan Thomas, a tight end for the Washington Commanders, a guy that's been in this league for a while. He's been very good. He's 32 years old, but he's still really good. He's only rostered in 8% of leagues, uh, and if you really are in a pickle, you need a tight end, this is your guy for this week. He's playing against the Philadelphia Eagles, a very good team, but they don't have a great like elite defense. They have a very, very good defense, but not a defense that can't stop the opposing team from scoring. And... I mean, Logan Thomas, he didn't have an amazing week one, but he had a good week one for a tight end. He had 8.3 points, 8 targets, and 4 receptions for 43 yards. And then in the second week against the Denver Broncos, he had uh, 3 targets, 2 receptions, but a touchdown, so he had 10.2 points. Uh, you can see he's a big red zone target, but he's also getting those targets, as we saw in the first game. He got injured, didn't play last week, cleared to play against the Eagles. This guy is going to be one of the top, if not the top, Washington Commander offensive players this week, and especially used as a weapon in the passing game. I think this could be a really good weapon. Looking at play action when they get down near the goal line, that's where you can see him score some touchdowns as well. This is a tight end who's the number 20th tight end, only playing two like one and a half to two games so far, this is your guy. If I were you and you didn't draft a tight end until the late rounds, I would pick him up and maybe probably even start him. It depends on your situation, but probably even start him. The fact that he's only rostered in 8% of leagues is pretty crazy to me. When after this week, I think that's going to be a big uptick up to about 15% when we see the state of the tight end market. So just recapping quickly, my first pick was Josh Downs, the wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. And my second pick is Logan Thomas, the tight end for the Washington Commanders. Yeah, and my first pick is Nelson Aglor, wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. And my second pick is Matt Breda, running back for the New York Giants, only if Saquon Barkley does not play.